0: chopped greens Brr. I think I think what 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 my friend is meaning to say is <laughs> Yeah that that's probably more dead and ease Yeah I, I I think I hit the nail on the head <laughs> Well if <laughs> when you I did said I'd that. be dead
1: Yes Ah
0: uh, ha, ha ha Really anybody be dead but
1: as we move forward into our movie review this week we are of course reviewing the Netflix classic, the soon to be sequelized. I'm sure the box office, buco bucks thriller that never made it to theaters, but will make it into your TV homes and hearts. Army of the dead, of course, directed and partly written by Zack Snyder. Certainly has a lot of big movie stars and a lot of funky names, a lot of representation in this film, which I love. Uh, We've got Dave Batista, of course, playing Scott Ward. Ella Purnell playing his daughter, Kate Ward. Ana de la Veguria as Maria Cruz. Omari Hardwick as Vandero. Theo Rossi as Burt Cummings. Matthias Schwegofer as Dieter. Nora Arnizader as Lily or the Coyote. And finally, well, no, we'll have two more. Two more. Uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as Bly Tanaka. And of course, Tig Notaro as Marianne Peters, and if you don't remember who Marianne Peters, mm. she was the pilot.
0: The helicopter and pilot. The helicopter Tig pilot. Notaro, who replaced Chris Delia via CGI. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, they they shot the whole movie with Chris Delia and then all the allegations came out. So they literally just put her in there and did it all green screen and CGI. And there we are, seamless. Wow! Look at you bringing all yeah. the facts. I didn't even know that, but
1: yeah, way to go! Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, yeah way to go. Uh, speaking of pretty crazy, we move into the actual film itself, Gary. This is one of the more unusual films we've watched. It actually, I think, overall, what what I want to start with here, it pleasantly surprised me in structure of the film. And I'd say where it is new and where it is novel on things and, and stories that I have not seen before, it succeeds wildly. And the film is fun and it's unique and great. Yeah, but, the, uh, but then when it falls into tropes that have been performed before, it just it, it lacks the quality and production to go beyond what has been set before it. So it's a bit of a confounding film for me to judge. But at the same time, I rather enjoyed it. Your thoughts, Gary?
0: I was so happy because so I, I've been trying to not do any research on the movies we watch, especially Amen. if they're Netflix movies. Amen. Right. I, I don't want to know anything about it. And you told me Army of the Dead, Dave Bautista. I was like, OK, I have no idea what this is about. Um, I didn't know that it was going to be a, a zombie movie and getting into it. um. Right off the bat, the stylized intro shows you, like, we're going balls to the wall. We're having a lot of fun. This movie is also really funny, and um, they they try to hit a home run in every scene, and I'd say, like, six and a half to seven times out of ten, they do, and I really, really enjoyed it, man. I was sitting at home. It was eight o'clock on a Saturday. I had this nice big TV, and it was great, man. It was... um, I I was very also pleasantly surprised, for sure. And we've got a lot to get into because they do do a lot of cool choices. I was actually happy to see new things when it comes to zombies, zombie lore, yes. um, the fact that they took two movies and like a heist movie and a zombie movie and put them together. Never seen that. I, yeah, you know, I've good. never seen that and it's beautiful and well done.
1: I very much yeah. loved the world creation that was built in this film. Uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't too much and it felt appropriate and the, the fact that there was a lot to, a lot to the film uh within the universe and a lot of rules being sent and and adhered to very much made me happy uh you know what i i'll be honest with you you said that the the opening was very stylized of course i agree but i feel like that's undershooting and under uh selling what it was because to me there were two openings to
0: this film two openings one. You mean like the the kind of cold open and then the uh, title sequence, right? Yes. So there's oh. the open, there's the opening of the uh, with the car
1: and the releasing and the creation of the zombie apocalypse. The fact that the zombie
0: apocalypse was started by Roadhead that was um, that was a bold choice. <laughs> which is, which is
1: great. Yeah, very yeah. much a bold choice. I very much enjoyed that when I, I as it's going through and you know that 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 was that was happening. Uh, and, and I, 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 it didn't really fully draw me in, especially for the fact that the two army people who were ordered to leave, the rest of them were pretty much screwed, but the two army people were pretty much in the driver's seat, Gary. They were in the friggin' driver's seat and the one soldier pulls the other one off and they start making a run for the desert and they were incredibly written stupid. Uh, and so I was, I I was kind of out at that point. But what, just like the film, as much as I was out on the the normal stuff, on the regular standard thriller zombie cliche stuff, it made up for, with the title sequence, which was completely fun, gave us a lot of context and background that I thought that we would have to go through, that we didn't. I, I loved that it was a title sequence. Exactly. Gave us an up moment of an entire story within one within one little scene, one little sequence. I love that. And three, it had a lot of comedy. The comedy did not hit me fully. Until we got to the title sequence and the soldiers slowly dropping in into the through with the parachute, slowly dropping in, shooting around desperately as he's getting to his impending doom. And the hordes of zombies are there to await him like a like like a dropping of boxed chocolates. And they're just waiting, (laughs) just waiting for this delicious little treat to come about. It was astounding. I loved that. That was hilarious. And allowed me and broke through my plastic barrier to my heart and allowed me to enjoy some of the uh, the qualities of comedy that lay within the rest of the film.
0: And then you get, a, like, whatever it says, a movie by Zack Snyder, directed by Zack Snyder, which I didn't know that either. And I was like, ah, okay, this makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. I mean, it tells the entire story of what happens. Um, I love the fact yeah. that... I, yeah, I, like also with each character, it shows, and then um, the fact that it takes place in Vegas, I think, is is the cherry on top. Though I am going as of this recording next weekend, I'm 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 really scared. Now, um, but I—I I mean, w- what a great setting because Vegas has always been kind of its own little world, and so, of course, zombies would take over Vegas. I mean, people are packed in there like sardines, and then they—they they all just stay there, and um, then we're off after that. This movie's two and a half hours long, but I never really started to feel that it was taking too long because, like, five minutes after the intro, I mean Tanaka is right there being like, Hey, we're going to do a heist. Are you in? And then we put the team together and then we're doing the heist. I mean, there's some backstory here or there, but pretty much it's like, you know, zombie apocalypse title sequence. Hey, we're doing a heist. And then we're, we're gone. Not too much stuff besides the, the refugee camp stuff. Um, thankfully, otherwise, thankfully. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, and, and if we're going to go into the background story just for a moment, If I if I may, if I may take a a moment aside here and and just ponder what what, with Dave Bautista's character, I realized that part of part of the the, the crucial backstory was him having to kill his own wife, uh, partly in front of his of his daughter-in-law, I believe was was the was the story there. And for me, I found it humorous that he thought the easier solution, the more painless solution, instead of shooting her in the head. Was to walk Stab forward, a knife directly, directly into her brain. Into man. Her brain. I, I, I wonder why that was seen as the more <laughs> humane and tame option to go. I yeah. found that I know what now that was definitely not supposed to be humorous, but I found it to be. And it's one of those few moments where I believe with every Zack Snyder film, there's either a lot of them or there's always an existence of these moments where. You just you think of Zack Snyder and he's tone deaf to something. He's tone deaf whether it's yeah. <laughs> to the seriousness of of an element or a character. Maybe if we're looking at Batman v Superman, maybe he and it's the Martha moment. Maybe it's in this film now the the head stabbing where all of a sudden you're just come on, like let's let's get some form of realism. If this is supposed to be a sincere moment, I don't need them to be connected. If we know it's uh, you could have very easily shot her in the head and then him hold her. In in his arms or something something like that. There's there's moments like that littered throughout the entire film, uh, but if we're talking about building the team together, quite easily, quite easily. I and you're just you went you alluded to the the difficulties of this of this particular character, but the the inclusion of Tignataro as Marianne Peters was brilliant,
0: Gary. She was amazing. In, she in was her, the best in her little thirty seconds. Yeah, she was great.
1: I wanted more. I wanted more. Marianne Peters. I wanted more. You think you pick her over uh, theater
0: Oh, absolutely. The Dieter uh, and what's his face bromance, which is my my new favorite bromance.
1: It's pretty. It's pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good. Uh, it ended. It ended drastically and dramatically. But Marianne Peters, every line she did, she sold brilliantly. She was hilarious. She had character resolve yeah. in who she was supposed to be playing. God bless her. I found her amazing. And anybody who watches well, that film and does not walk away th- thing loving though, her, I
0: mean, well. yes. Usually, with those putting the team together scenes, there is um, one or two people who are resistant, and it's usually one of the main characters. Like I would say, one of the three, um, either Batista um, what's his face, uh, Vanderhoe or Cruz, one of them should have been super duper resistant to it. And I think that that was missing from the movie overall, because I think that the weakest part of the movie is like the actual human kind of backstory part. I found myself being a lot more interested in the coyote than whatever was going on with Batista and his stepdaughter or whoever. But, um, if we would have, have had some kind of, you know, character who like, you know, they're coming back in for one last job and it was going to be really devastating for them. Um, and that could have been kind of the, the uh, emotional backbone of the story, but uh, I mean, I it's it's a minor gripe because then we're in it and we get exposed to this very vibrant and rich world of zombies, and I haven't seen something so creative with zombies I think since like I Am Legend, maybe. I mean, in terms of maybe even like twenty, more of the later. zombies, twenty eight days later, yeah. I mean, th- but like the, the the alphas and the fact that uh, this guy got his his zombie queen pregnant and. And the fact that they're kind of intelligent and um, I, I mean, you quickly forget about some of the character pitfalls once we're inside Vegas. Um, I mean, they even say it's a goddamn zombie tiger. That's crossing the line. <laughs>
1: and I didn't expect more from the queen and the sacrifice guy. So, like, and it alludes to what you're saying about the world, uh, the world building, the tears of zombies, then the thought that went into this world, this mini world in in and of itself in Vegas, it, it certainly speaks to them that they went and followed this story as well to help tell and help you at least get knowledge and some form of care for the zombies, just, just the slightest hint, just so that way you care about them, you care about a villain, and it's not just a maskless horde that you often yeah. fall into for the zombies. Because m- more so than not, whenever you're talking about zombies, normally the best part or the best ability of the zombie doesn't actually come from doesn't the villain isn't necessarily the zombie the 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 inner the inner the inner fight the inner conflict of what you're willing to do to survive in against insurmountable odds usually becomes the villain whether it's whether you're willing to sacrifice a part of your arm to to not to stave off infection whether it's whether it's you're willing to let a child go in order to save the rest of the group whatever it is uh, it usually becomes that this one allowed for both that to happen and we can get into that with the chamber's death but as well as have some form of care about the zombies Mm -hmm. knowing their hierarchy knowing that they served a bigger purpose than themselves and, and that was quite nice. And if we can move along to the Chambers death, I found this to be something of bad which f- one was Chambers. Chambers was the <laughs> let me let please let me explain to you. She's mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. she's the one who got the glow stick down the wrong path.
0: <gasps> mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah, this yeah, is yeah,
1: this yeah. was the part of the film where the rest of the film there was above surrealism there was a lot of extra affairs where you realized oh they're not being fully faithful to to reality fully faithful to the grounds of of realism that we might hope for or expect but then again it is a zombie movie but this was almost a step too far i felt where she was amazing she was an amazing fighter and then you kept thinking that she's dying and dead oh she's dead oh no she's not okay cool Okay, now she's dead. Oh no, she's not. Okay, and it eventually reached a part where I thought that she would. Yeah, we have like four fake deaths. It. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought that she would actually make it back to have some sort of conflict within the group, and and put that head on, and and I thought it was going to be a great subversion of where you thought that that might be where that might just be quelled at the beginning, or normally it comes back to head at the end of the film or something, and that's the main conflict. And we really got neither, and I was expecting there to be a subversion there, uh, as is par for the course of the rest of this film. Mm-hmm. And we never really got that, because by the time we got to her actual death, there became then uh, this meeting of the minds where, okay, if now that you brought her into the, to the fray, now that you brought it to where her best friend or whatever has to kill her, we get to this part where, hmm, well... Why was she all of a sudden quiet upon her death? Why did she not say, that's the guy who's essentially doing this upon me? Part two, why didn't the others have, who had plenty of time, at least maybe this is po- bad editing, but who had the time to at least send a couple bullets towards the the horde that was uh, clo- closely encroaching upon her? Why did they not do that? Uh, I don't even know if if knifing them in the head was an option. Why didn't we start with that when we're making our way through all these, all oh, through all these zombies? There were so many steps that then come into the fray and that then become problems because of how many fake outs she had, and that that became one bigger issue for me, rolling upon itself.
0: I, I, I think it was clunky too and for me what stuck out was the fact that a she seemed like a very minor character who I didn't even remember who she was and then on the bus ride she's like already accusing this guy which usually I would expect once again one of the top three people on the team to be having that conflict but you know she's the only one who notices that anything is weird and then yeah she goes she dies you're right she doesn't say anything and also after that nobody on the team is really like suspecting this security guy where if you're gonna to kill her off that early that should spur some more conflict like guzman should be like not letting go of the fact that he's suspicious of this guy he's just kind of like what did you do and then they don't even really mention it again at all. Um, so I think that it could have been done better um, in those ways. I will say though, the sequence starting with her walking through the the kitchen, stabbing zombies to try to you know keep them quiet, um, up until her you know dying was, I mean, as far as tension oh, and action amazing. goes, fantastic. Zack Snyder does a great job of making us forget about those narrative flaws by being like, look, look, look at the action staging. It's amazing you're absolutely correct and 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 that brings up a good point
1: there were a lot of great minute details whether it be with the fighting whether it be with and this this i actually wrote down because of how amazed i was at this at the uh precision to detail Mm -hmm. they all brought these fuel canisters as part of their as part of their package and i realized that it it served some it served a, a fair amount of Story plot where Batista and his daughter at, uh, within the movie go off and and fuel up a generator. I get that it's it it served that narrative purpose, so you kind of had to bring it. But up until that point, I thought it was a great minute detail that they would all be bringing that because I think in a lesser film that might be something forgotten where they just might go up there and the and conveniently the the helicopter would be would be fully fueled even though it's, it's been up there for quite some time. There, there are small details that were littered throughout the entire film that were reminiscent of that, that I thought were worthy of being of note and, and showed that at least, even if it wasn't a perfect film, there was care brought to this film. There was There was love and attention brought to this film, and it did show.
0: There was care, there was love, there was attention, there was money, and there's the potential to make a lot more. They've already greenlit an animated series based off the movie and a prequel of the movie based on theater, and they are also thinking about doing a sequel. So there will be much more to come. But, I, I mean, obviously at the time... Um, they just put a, a lot into the, the world and then that leads perfectly into the zombies themselves, which I absolutely loved. I thought just, um, every detail about them and the world that they were building, I was a little bit, uh, I don't know if I was into this when, you know, they're walking through and, and the King zombie is standing there watching them with like a spear. I was like, okay, this is like planet of the apes or like what's going on. But by the end of it, I was like, dude, I want to see more of these zombies, man. Yeah,
1: no, you're absolutely right. And the zombies and their hierarchy actually, absolutely, left for more, for more want, which is always a good thing. Um, and you know, what? Uh, if, if we're going to get into the to near the end of this review, I I thought that one of the best and pleasant details of the film was the song selection. It wasn't fully mm. original. Didn't need to be. I thought it set the tone very well. In many instances, in many scenes, including the ending, I thought the ending was was done quite well, even though a, a bit ridiculous with <laughs> who survived versus who could have survived that crash. But uh, you know what? To each their own. It was fun. It was what it was, and uh, it, it was a bit of a sloppy ending, as you could you could kind of see. But it, the the music, at the very least, certainly created a little bit of a a fun fun. Uh, To do
0: yeah, no, it absolutely does. And that's right in line with the Snyder doing cool filmmaking things to make us forget about the fact that he's kind of making three movies at once. There's a heist movie, there's a movie about Dave Bautista and a zombie apocalypse, or there's a movie about his daughter. And they're all kind of three quarters of the way complete. But at the end, if you show a nuclear bomb going off and play an awesome song and have a helicopter escape, I mean, you can drown almost anything out, man. and. Um, It does an almost perfect job of doing that because I think that you're still feeling that there's some stuff that doesn't feel right. I think with with characters and everything like that, but it's so stylish. And then the epilogue happening with Vanderhoe kind of wraps it up in a nice bow. And um, I I think that the feeling that it leaves you with at the end for me was 90 percent like fun and um, can't wait to watch this again like what a great way to spend two and a half hours I mean for me I don't know about you
1: well here's my my yeah I I think I would recommend it to people who enjoy this genre yeah. certainly it, it's fun Um, do you think that there was anything somewhat deeper maybe it was actually successful in pertaining to it maybe it wasn't was there anything in the continuous references to cyclicality where i don't know where they're talking about maybe we're in a time loop or yeah. uh and, and uh, vanderhoe is is consistently pretty much the moniker for this but they talk about death or rebirth and there, there's all these cyclical references what do you believe that there was anything to that anything more than just uh, character creation towards one person who's just philosophical
0: you can tell he's trying to do something political in the sense that like you know humans are doomed to repeat like the fact that we're greedy and there's the theme of you know the the president or the government wants these zombies to use them as a bioweapon and then the cycle will just go again and again and again um, there's like those weird lines w- where they reference the president saying oh yeah if we bomb Vegas it would be kind of patriotic if you think about it and then there's things like that where um you know he, he tells the story to, to Dieter, like you said about them being stuck in a loop and then at the end they're obviously starting the loop again and there's yeah there's a lot of stuff about you know i think greed or you know the kind of big brother government whatever human nature but once again that's kind of like kind of goes to the wind really if you don't have to think too hard about it because they just reference it a few times but i think he was trying to fit that in there i mean there's like a that combined with the humanitarian thing of the refugee camp and the girl trying to save the refugees and people not caring about them, so there's definitely some commentary going on there, but um, doesn't really work for me. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, uh, I I agree. I think even the the fact that I had to pose a question instead of state it
0: mm-hmm. exactly. uh, kind of
1: alludes to the to the very fact that it, it was it was an unprecise analogy uh-huh. it was and it was an imperfect message if it was intended to be so uh I, I and i don't know what's better whether or not it was a failed attempt or if if it just wasn't there and and seemed to consistently be there and was something of an underlying theme i'm not truly entirely sure um but yes the the film overall loads of fun just just kind of turn your brain off and you'll enjoy the majority of it and even if you do have it on for a little bit you'll you'll probably enjoy a lot of the the minute details that are there and ready for your viewing pleasure now gary mm-hmm. we have to talk about the rating for this film on a, yes. on a scale of zero to five zombie babies how many zombie babies are we going to give this
0: let's say if a zombie can have quintuplets that's the max that her womb can handle I am going out on a limb and I'm giving this four zombie babies. And the reason why is because I liked it so much in terms of the action, the tone. I was jealous because I wish I could write this. Um, I would love to write for the TV show. I will watch the TV show. I will watch the prequel. I felt sad. Um, I, I knew I predicted at the beginning. I was like, if you don't give me a no dinner moment. I'm going to be disappointed. And of course, we got that. Um, honestly, I was happy with it. Um, sometimes you need to turn on a movie that's mindless entertainment. And this movie almost elevates above mindless entertainment. But when it comes down to it, it's mindless, fun stuff to look at with some cool lore um, that has a promising upside as far as franchise. So I give it a four. Um, I It would be a 3 Or maybe a two and a half if it didn't have the rewatchability factor. But for me, I'll definitely watch this again a few more times, for sure.
1: You know what? There is something to be said, and I'm glad you brought this up before we closed here. There is something to be said about a film that successfully sets out what it achieves. Or uh, successfully Mm -hmm. achieves what it sets out to be. And one thing that this film successfully does is it unabashedly lets you know that it is building a world, even if it is just within one film, uh, and, and that's going to be set to have sequels, that's going to be set to have a television series, that's set to have a prequel movie based off of one character. It it lets you know that it, it it's going to do that. It's not a film that's, oh, I don't know, that's supposed to be like maybe like a Pixar film where they were supposed to be just one film where they're supposed to not have sequels, where they're just all-encompassing within one story, and then afterwards you create sequels and are trying to then justify their existence doing so. This film was set out to be sequelized. This was set out to be an entire cinematic universe of some sort, of some variety, of some length and size. So... In that one regard and respect, I actually do applaud it that it successfully does that. It, it doesn't necessarily set out to just be its own one film. It, it sets out to embark you upon a path that that will be continued up and followed upon later. And for that, I actually am yeah. appreciative.
0: Do, do you want to enter this world again? Yes or no. I do not want to enter the woman window in the woman window world again. No. But I do want to enter the army of the dead world again. Absolutely. I absolutely do. Might have them take over another cool city. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think that there's a lot of fun that can be had here and a lot of cer- yeah. a lot of fun locations to be had here. And, and you can certainly go as wonky as possible. Maybe it's Army of the Dead on the Moon or something. Who knows? I think that there's a lot of fun to be had here. But all that being said, even with my respect given towards that, I still have to give it a three out of five dead babies. Mm-hmm. Look, they're writhing in pain. They're barely alive. They actually are undead babies. Uh, so I'm going to go with four out of five or excuse me three,
0: three out of three yeah three out of out five. five i'm okay. sticking
1: i'm sticking to that you almost you got me there it's going to be three out of five it's fun it is what it is i i'm, I'm not going to go gaga over it uh if i were to have to watch it again i wouldn't be too terribly mad uh i i and if i never saw it again i'd certainly be happy but i will watch the sequels i'm with you there i will watch the sequels mm-hmm. i don't know if i'll watch every piece Of cinema that comes out correlation to this, but if there's a sequel, direct sequel, I'd watch that. So, with that for Podcastus Emeritus
0: Gary Boucher.
1: I'm Philip Amrine, telling you to keep your babies close and keep your dead ones far, far away. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, as well as all of our older episodes. We have multiple movie reviews in the backlog there on wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we have new episodes coming out each and every week and new episodes of Give Me Five, the accompanying podcast that we have within this stream where we ask each other five questions but we'll get to that in another episode and of course we're on anywhere that you can find podcasts apple podcasts spotify podcasts pretty much anywhere except for pandora because screw you pandora it's perverse